3: Welcome to Voices for Change 2.0, the only podcast that focuses on mental health while mixing in movies, music, books, sports, and pop culture. Here are your hosts, Rebecca and Joe Lombardo.
1: Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Voices for Change
3: 2.0. Yeah, thanks for tuning in today. Uh, it's, uh, it's the middle of September already. Yeah. What do you think of that? I I don't know what to think of it. <laughs>
1: Honestly, it's uh,
3: we, leaves are starting to change on the trees.
1: A little overwhelming to consider what lies ahead. Yeah. You
3: know. Well, considering where you live in the country anyway, leaves are changing color on the trees yeah um there's a there's a bit of a chill in the air a lot of the days now, and got to turn off the air conditioning thank god <laughs> um, yeah this is uh i'm I'm feeling renewed in life from okay
4: well, from that's
3: good how we're feeling that's with the, with the weather and such you know'
4: mm-hmm.
3: So, so there's Today's, that.
1: Today is Jenny's birthday.
3: Is it?
1: Yep. If if my uh BFF from Chicago decides to uh, to listen to the show, uh I'll send her a link and she will, but uh happy birthday. I hope you have a great day. Yeah, happy and birthday. And I chef. miss you.
3: And she misses you. <laughs> so. Um been getting to watch some football lately. That's been pretty cool. Mhm. I uh,
1: our producer Scott is not a football fan
3: No We found that out
1: <laughs> in an interesting way
3: <laughs> yep. But that's okay We don't judge
1: No not at all
3: And uh, you're probably going to hear jingling in the background During the course of the day For a show And or possibly whining And or barking <laughs> And that would be our little Yorkie friend Gucci that we're watching right now um, He's currently Exploring the bedroom uh, we got him for a uh, handful of days and you know. Yeah,
1: if he's not around me he gets very upset. He he got he has become very possessive over me and if Joe leans in to try to kiss me he tries to bite Joe. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Although I've won him over with treats, so there's that. Yeah. Um so now I'm getting kisses too, which is pretty cool. But uh he's a cute little dude. Uh Kind of weird, but we like them. So.
4: Yeah. <laughs> you watched
1: a really good movie last night.
3: Yeah, we did. We watched uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix, and uh, that was pretty good. Went ahead and bought it. Yeah, and, it was uh, very good. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: kind of sad. You know, no spoilers, but there's some sadness in it.
3: Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm curious to see what they do with the X-Men going forward, because I know the MCU is planning on introducing X-Men into the rest of the Marvel Universe. I don't know if they're going to recast anybody or what. I haven't heard anything. But I know um, they're they're getting ready to start Phase 4 of the movies now, and I think X-Men are going to be introduced in Phase 5. So it's going to be a few years yet, but um, yeah, I think that uh, they're they're getting that getting their ducks in a row on that tell so. people
1: what mcu stands for oh
3: mcu is the marvel cinematic universe so all the marvel uni- marvel movies that you've seen over the last 10 years that weren't x-men or fantastic four yikes
1: That's um bad.
3: yeah uh those are pretty much marvel movies um the the Spider-Man movies that feature Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield do not count, but the ones featuring Tom Holland do count.
4: Those mm-hmm. are part
3: of the MCU. Um,
4: it's so,
1: all very confusing.
3: Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> they like is. to keep us on our toes.
3: Yeah, but it's it's good watching. So highly recommend. So let's uh. What's
1: on the on the docket for today?
3: Yeah, get jumping into our show here.
1: Absolutely. So today we've got a really special guest she's very special to me um and i'm getting emotional emotional talking about it (laughs) um but uh she's a really good friend and we've been in contact for several years now and um i can't i can't remember exactly where we we met if it was on twitter or just through the process of her reading my book but um She's just, she's great. She's a, she's a, hot, she's a light, you know, for other people. So yes. Definitely a, just a, an amazing, an amazing mental health advocate that we're just really honored to know. So uh, she's also an author and she's a bipolar survivor. So please welcome to the show, uh, Kit O'Malley.
5: Thank you. That was quite an introduction. I'm, <laughs> I'm missing now. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, we're Rebecca, happy to have you all on all those show, things
5: please. I could say about you, too, and Joe, and Joe as being a, a very supportive partner. Um, oh. You've been, you, the work you do is incredible, you guys. I just, it's wonderful how much you do in terms of educating and supporting others and getting, uh, getting the word out. Um, I really appreciate it. Well, thank, thank you, you very much.
3: Yeah, it means a lot to us. And, you know, we've got the, the utmost respect for you and everything that you do and have done and will do. And uh, we're so happy that you're spending the next hour or so uh, with us.
4: Yay. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so um, do you have any questions for us before we jump into things?
5: Um, I don't think so. I mean, I know that um, I just, I just I guess I can throw in I love um, the Marvel universe and watching. <laughs> so I was kind of geeking out as I was listening to you going oh me too me too. Um, definitely. We uh,
3: we we've just had an unsettling development here at uh, Radio Central. Um, the dog has crawled under the bed.
5: Maybe it'll well, keep him quiet. Oh, maybe. Yeah,
3: I think. Yeah, maybe. Ho- ho- uh, happily, happily, there's no cat underneath there. So. Yeah, really. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, guy, oh, it's easy for him to get underneath. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, you know, what? I'm going to turn the show over to you, babe. I'm going to try and get him out really quick. Okay. All right. Because um, he can't be under there. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, just keep listening. Ignore any noises that you hear in the background.
1: <laughs> all right. So I'm going to go ahead and and
3: proceed with with the questions.
1: Um, this is definitely an unexpected development, but we will move forward because we're professional podcasters. <laughs> so, all right. So Kit, uh, we're going to start off with a question that we ask virtually all of our guests, and that is, where does your mental health journey begin?
5: Okay, well, my mental health journey began when I was 18 years old, and I was um, a freshman at UCLA, and um, I was suicidal, so um, I never attempted it, but I um, had the, you know, was basically right on the edge where I had the means, the, you know, the... Plan, a plan, um, all those sort of things that are sort of check, check lists for people who are assessing suicidality. And, mm-hmm. you know, I got all the things, it, and it, luckily I was able to sort of ob- ob- observe myself, kind of like, I guess, you know, you would train yourself to do through CBT. I sort of observed what I was doing um, and realized, oh no, this is, this is dangerous. I might actually Act on my ideation. And so um, I called a friend of mine who uh, and asked her if she could hang out with me until I got in to see a psychologist. And then I told my resident assistant in the dorms, um, please get me to see, find a really good psychologist for me, you know, I, uh, so, so that I can see today at UCLA. And um, and then I went into a, a, a what was cognitive therapy where um, all my uh, negative, you know, suicidal or just the, the dep- all those dep- lies depression tells you, I would rewrite down and then rewrite them. Um, so that was my beginning. And it was sort of since then, um, uh, you know, I wasn't diagnosed bipolar, then I was diagnosed depressed. Um, and later I was diagnosed dysthymic, which is sort of a chronic moderate depression until I was 39, and then I was diagnosed with bipolar. So that's it in a nutshell. But I could what happened during those different transitions. I could go more into.
1: Okay. If, if you want. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Please do.
5: So um, during my 20s, then I um, I managed to, uh, you know, using therapy, I managed to, um, you know, get my bachelor's. Like. Tra- I, quit UCLA because so I was just too, too depressed I got mono mm-hmm. so I guess you know often when we're um, our mental health is failing or is challenged it, it affects or just any stressor it affects your physical health so um, right. I got mono and the mono was sort of my excuse because I was falling asleep all the time to quit UCLA for um, and take a semester off I didn't tell my parents about my suicidality because I was ashamed, but I told my Mm -hmm. friends. So sort of telling that, you know, that I'm sure other people have that too, where they think that they're less than because they are struggling with a mental health issue. And I thought my parents would think that I was a failure, which was in itself an irrational thought, um, you know, because I was depressed. So, but I didn't Mm -hmm. think it was, uh, I thought that I, you know the acceptance of mono over depression. You know what I mean? It's just like both are illnesses. Right. Right. So, yeah. um So then I did therapy throughout my twenties, and I actually became a psychotherapist. I got a, a, a master's in psychology, and I'm still a licensed marriage and family therapist. And I, uh, in my so that I did in my mid twenties and towards from that time until I was thirty, I um, uh, did worked in nonprofits with. Um, severely emotionally stripped children and adults um, and pregnant and parenting adults until I had a session in which uh, 16-year-old, a 16 year old male client who was very tall, <laughs> very big, much, much bigger than I was. He was like six mm-hmm. feet tall. He threatened to rape me during a session. Um, and oh, after geez. that, I just couldn't get myself to go back to work. Um, so it was just too traumatic. I was like, why am I
4: doing yeah. this? <laughs> yeah, it was terrifying.
5: You know, the uh, most troubled kids. Um, and so then I uh turned to at that point I couldn't even get out of bed, so I turned to uh, my doctor for medication and then went to be a psychiatrist, saw a psychiatrist, you know, my internist, my general doctor, and then went to see a psychiatrist for a second opinion. And what happened be- between those two doctors and in a short period of time is that I was taken on and off multiple antidepressants. And Mm. finally that rapid change in antidepressants triggered a full-blown psychotic manic episode for a week. Um, And um, after that I was uh, put on uh, antipsychotics just to end the mania. And then I was stabilized on a low dose of antidepressants. throughout my 30s until i was 39 and then i recognized that elated feeling oh god's calling me to this church or to that church um you know one and there was nothing wrong with what i was what i thought god was calling me to do there's nothing wrong with doing bible study or and there's nothing wrong with going to, for spiritual direction but the feeling that was attached to it you know god's calling me in this very elated euphoric feeling i recognized as um hypomania or mania and so i Mm -hmm. called um, the advice nurse on our insurance and asked my husband to stay on the phone so he could understand the seriousness of this. And I described my symptoms to the advice nurse. um, And she said, go to the ER or to a psychiatrist today. Um, And so I started um, medication for bipolar disorder at that point. Um, And uh, actually at that point, I, I put my son in, I was, a stay-at-home mom right then. I mean, I went back and forth. I worked, and then I, and then I didn't work. Um, at that point, mm-hmm. I was not working. I was staying home with him. But as soon as I got that diagnosis of bipolar, I had, like, internalized stigma against a diagnosis of depression versus a diagnosis of bipolar. I was the same person.
4: <laughs> but mm-hmm. with the
5: change in label, I thought I was, you know, I had now I had a progressive a serious mental illness and I was worried for my son and uh, that I would be a bad mother and so I um, put him in um, daycare and went back to work because mm. I thought somebody else caring for him is better than me, which is really a tragic thing to you know to think yeah. um, and so um, and then I was working until and I was working at a job that had Crazy hours, and I was still back to my hypomanic workaholism, and uh, at times worked until 2 a.m. with colleagues at work. You know, like that was what was demanded of us. And um, and I, it, I ended up hospitalized um, at 42, um, and that kind of um, since then I I've been home on disability uh, because. Um, I don't know. I did the two weeks, uh, two weeks I was in the hospital and for months I was in the partial hospitalization, um, day Mm -hmm. treatment, um, until I felt well enough, um, to, um, to not be in day treatment and, um, or partial hospitalization. And, um, and actually I had my son by that time he was, he went from preschool to, um, you know, a preschool daycare to uh, kindergarten, and I had him do, like, the after-school stuff in kindergarten because kindergarten usually just a couple hours. So he did, yeah. like, the full school day. Um, and recently, he's 19 now, he asked me why I did that. Why was he in the after-school stuff? Why couldn't he go home like the other kindergartners? And I said, because I thought it was better for him. <laughs>
4: so,
3: mm. I, yeah. You I know, just
5: thought it was that's better a- for him
3: it can sometimes be a hard thing to, to try and explain to the kids, you know, what you're going through and, and why you're doing the things that you do. And, you know, hopefully he understood when you explained to him that, you know, you were doing it in his best interest, you know, versus, you know, any, cause kids are really good at conjuring up all sorts of crazy,
1: negative thoughts. Yeah. yeah.
3: You know, and, um, um, and hopefully that kind of helped him understand that you know no it wasn't anything with you bud it's just you know mom was going through this stuff and you know you know thought this was the the
4: best
3: best situation you
5: know right right and he's 19 now and he just asked me that question like yesterday or the day before but he was um, <laughs> when he was four he actually. My husband brought him home, brought him to the hospital every day. I was in the hospital for dinner. You know, like meeting uh, time when guests could come was right after dinner time. So my son would um, eat with because there's still food out in the warming trays, and so he'd wait and eat with me um, during that Aww. time. And we would call it eating like a family. <laughs> He was so adorable. And and all the other patients, uh, you know, or people who were in the hospital, people, but all the other people uh, who were in there um, just loved having him because he was just a little, little, little bright light for everybody.
4: Um,
5: and he was just adorable, you know, eat like a family. <laughs> he had to have something normalized, you know what I mean? It, yeah. So it's but And
3: the, it's nice, too, that you have that. You know, yeah. it's, it's real yeah, nice, it's nice that you're hospital. able to do not that.
5: All, right. Not all hospitals have that, and there are hospitals. Some hospitals now are getting even better, at um, both for children and for adults, at, and including, including the family in the treatment, because it's just doing the individual and not um, either educate the family or give support to the family um, is really just um, inadequate the family is affected yeah. by mental health and the family and I read the book relied on the family to help me, you know, so, um, yeah. That, uh, yeah. I'm sure you do me with that, like Rebecca too, how important it is that our yeah. partners, like our husbands are in our recovery. So, um, yeah, my husband was, um, has been huge um you know in, in taking in being my caretaker, I guess you would say at times. So you know, taking on um more responsibilities than he did before I um became before the hospitalization when I was being like this little workaholic <laughs> person trying to do it all. Um and I wasn't able to do it all. Did I lose you guys? Hello. Hello. I'm going to call back in
3: Welcome back to Voices for Change 2.0 Sorry about the impromptu uh, Song break (laughs) Um, We had a bit of a network issue And and those are the breaks when you're on a Live radio show Um, But We're back back.
1: Hopefully for the rest of the hour Yes,
3: hopefully there won't be another issue Um, Had to actually change uh, Internet networks that we were on, so, on our, on our computer, so, I mean, that was just, it was bizarre, because it's never happened before, so hopefully this won't happen again, because it was, uh, Mm -hmm. Mm nerve-wracking, but, uh, anyway, um, I'm Joe, she's Rebecca, and, uh, on the line is the lovely, wonderful, and talented Kit O'Malley.
4: Thank you. Glad to be back. Absolutely.
3: Yay. So, the point I was trying to make really quick, um, before we were so rudely interrupted was, um, you know, a- after Beck got out of her last hospitalization and it's, and it's been a few years, but she was terrified of what the next step was coming home. And I think one thing that would have been beneficial, and I think this needs to happen across the board with, uh, you know, anytime you go in for mental health uh, mental treatment, it's, I think the doctors or somebody needs to work with the rest of the family to help them prepare for when the uh, patient is actually coming home from a hospitalization, just to make that transition a little bit easier. I totally agree with you. Yeah. I think that's one spot, you know, the more I think about it that we're really lacking as far as um, mental health coverage, you know, it's, it's great that, You know, the patients are getting treated, but, you know, there needs to be some kind of preparation for the family, too. You know, and it's really no different than if you think about certain uh, physical afflictions. You know, uh, someone suddenly is a a paraplegic or a quadriplegic and is now in a uh, wheelchair, and, you know, the rest of the family has to adjust to that you know, or even adjustments have to be made to the house or something like that. Um, Some kind of accommodation, but something that, that preps the family, you know, I I really think that uh, having that resource available for the families of mental illness uh, patients would be a a beneficial thing.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree.
3: Yeah, we're all yeah, and
5: that's there are organizations like NAMI that are really advocating for that too. I'm, you know, Mm -hmm. they kind of believe in, and I I volunteer for them, believe in the uh, the NAMI is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. They believe in a sort of team collaborative effort in in uh, helping um, the person who's in recovery um, in recovery for mental health. um, That they are be be basically a team, you know, of support. Including clinicians and the family and the person.
1: So, my very first hospitalization, when I was a lot younger, um, was for longer, and they had my family come in and and talk with all of us. But it was very uncomfortable. Like we we couldn't openly express ourselves. Yeah, yeah. It was an uncomfortable situation.
5: Um, that's yeah unfortunately not every family is um even maybe capable of being supportive or um Mm -hmm. you know it's it's uh i know when i first was depressed and asked my mom to come to therapy with me she got very defensive um when i was 19 um and uh she said no you're the problem (laughs) i'm not the problem you're the problem i'm like i'm not i don't think you're the problem mom My therapist just thinks that it would be helpful to work on our our relationship because she's a mom of teenage girls, too, who are becoming adults and knows that, you know, that what goes on between your parents and you when you're an adolescent. Um, But uh, my mom wouldn't go, (laughs) she just get blamed all the (laughs) problems on me. And I'm like, okay, I guess, you know, later I realized I'm the identified patient and that's fine. At least I'm getting help. So, yeah, it,
4: it but sucks my parents when I was 30 had like a
5: that, psychotic breakdown that I was talking to you about. By that time, they knew, you know, that I was dealing with this serious mental illness, and um, and they they didn't necessarily go to therapy with me, but they do anything they could to help. And I actually ended up moving back in with them, um, and I was able to, after having been a clinician and having been in therapy for so long, realize that this. And they were going out of their way for me. They might not, it might still be defensive in terms of going to therapy, but um, in every other way, they were going to try to help and support me.
1: That's good. good. I was going to ask you that if, if they eventually they came, around came around to support you. you.
5: They did, because it was so clear I was like, I was psychotic. It was clear that I, was, um, I had a brain. You know that there was something wrong. You know that it wasn't something that it was just like uh, uh <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> just lost
4: it. <that> <laughs> it
5: was it was clear. Like I, it was clear to me that I needed psychiatric help seriously, which I had known when I was you know started off before I had the break. It was clear that i needed better psychiatric help and it was clear that i couldn't really take care of myself because i kept on trying to pick myself up by the bootstraps and go you know over a, a few months after that break before and after that break you know when i was kind of pulling myself up by the bootstraps in terms of depression and then in terms of the break but i i wasn't able to do it by myself because i lived by myself but, you know i'd been supporting myself and all that and um uh, my, and I just realized I needed my parents' help, you know, that I, yeah.
4: you
5: know, I, and it was clear that they loved me, you know, and I think what helped me a lot with that, in addition to sort of working through family of origin issues in therapy was that as a therapist, I worked with families that were far more dysfunctional than mine. Um, and, um, you know, some of the kids were abused uh, and it wasn't like you know it was like in you know that's why they were in residential let's say or day treatment was because of trauma and um mm-hmm. some had full-on brain disorders but others were ptsd you know and some have both obviously but um
4: yeah.
5: because mental illness is sort of multi-generational the the illness is such as bipolar in our genetic um or have a genetic component but um as a therapist, I had compassion for families. um, Because I could see that they loved their kids, in spite of the dysfunction, they just were kind of like, repeating patterns they had learned. Um, And they had to deal with their own issue, they had their own particular issues, um, you know, psychologically and psychiatrically, and they weren't bad people because of it, they just needed help. And so um, I had compassion, because of that, and I had worked through all my, a lot of my anger and frustration and stuff in terms of, um, uh, my parents' alcoholism, um, sort of dealt with those issues in terms of being, you know, a kid raised in an alcoholic family. But I, I also realized that, um, like the, the dysfunction in my family, like every family has something, right? And the level Mm -hmm. of my family is not nearly as bad as others, and that my parents clearly loved me and would go out of their way. Like when I first had the break, or um, a friend of mine called um, both the priest in my church and my dad or my parents and said, "Kit kit needs you now, you know? And and my priest came right over with somebody who was bipolar who was in seminary and to be with me while my dad flew up, like right then, right after he got off the phone, he flew up. So that was just that response from my family was so obviously to me a supportive response that they yeah. would fly up at a moment's notice because of my health. Um and um I just really ever since then I just really appreciated how much they loved me, you know. Yeah, yeah for
4: sure.
3: Absolutely. So we're gonna we're gonna change up gears and talk a little bit about what you've been doing. Mm-hmm. Um and we're going to start with your blog. blog. Uh, why did you start okay.
5: it? I started my blog in September 2013 and actually okay. the trigger that got me starting writing was um hypomania um and the hypomania was triggered or and for those who don't know about triggering was like um well I'll just use the word triggered it means that it was a result result of or you know something I'll just tell this <laughs> Stumbling over my words right now I need a little bit more coffee (laughs) or maybe a little less Um, what happened was my father-in-law got sepsis and was put into a medically induced coma and my husband uh, flew up to be with him with his family his siblings and mother and father Um, and it was very stressful for me it was because I because I love my father-in-law, I still do, he's alive, he survived it, mm-hmm. but I knew it was like, like touch and go, that um, the hospital is said, if he doesn't, he, if he makes it, he needs to make it through the next 48 hours. Um, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's serious. And, yeah. um, and so there was that fear of my, you know, and in, in love for my father-in-law, that uh, love for my son, my husband, Sorry, who was going through so much? Well, my son too, his grandfather, and right. um, and also um, just lacking, not having my husband around for three weeks was hard. <laughs> so,
4: yeah. So oh, yeah. there was
5: all that stuff going on, and so then I, you know, I started getting stressed out and um, started getting uh, hypomanic, and so what I did with all those all those racing thoughts and, and uh, emotion was just start writing um because writing is really therapeutic and um and i uh and that's when i started the blog and it sort of grew from there um you know i started with the blog and then i and then there was this wonderful mental health community on you know that are of bloggers which is where mm-hmm. i i think probably rebecca what well, we met each other is through our blog mm-hmm. And other social media, because then as I started blogging, I started to connect to other social media.
4: Um,
5: and, um, and as I wrote more and more, I questioned whether these posts were the beginning of a book, you know. Um, and, um, and I did uh, put all the posts together at one point and self-published a book. But the mm-hmm. self-published, my dad died like um, three weeks after I had done that. And I realized, okay. Well, first of all, I I just to, just just like dumped my post into a book. I didn't do any editing, and um, and second of all, since my dad died, I was too much um, in mourning to do any book marketing. So I took it yeah. off. The, yeah, I took it off the market and decided to publish it with a friend's publishing company, um, Eliza Tristan, and um, and I realized I needed like what's called book coaching or developmental editing, which is where somebody takes you through step-by-step what you need to do to um, uh, either write a book from scratch or in my case to have a major edit, you know, like a a major redo. Um, And so that major redo, because I had different topics that um, were like themes in my, throughout my posts, my blog over the years And um, I started off with living with bipolar, and then also was clear that I was uh, believed in writing purposefully. And a big thing in my um, what I like to say to people is that your life has purpose. (laughs) You know, it's everybody's life has purpose. Um, Yeah. And then I also wrote about advocacy, my, you know, being a mental health advocate. And then I wrote about. Caretaking because um, not only of my son, which is, it's been challenging. It's easier now that he's 19. Um, right. He's be, luckily he's 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 a great kid, but he was challenging because of his diagnosis, um, and and he was a migraineur, and, and uh, along with that he had uh, ADHD and depression and anxiety, which some like mm. tend to be co-occurring, comorbid with. Um, uh, mental health issues like where you don't know what's the chicken and what's the egg because it kind of all go together um, right. and then my mom had a stroke and this is another reason why going back to the beginning why I uh, I was my, why my grandfather my, my grandfather my brain's a little mushy because I'm in Seroquel right now so ah. uh, my um, father-in-law when he had that crisis, it it reminded me or made it very real to me that my parents were in that that I was in that time of life when my parents were likely to um, were older and were likely to uh, that this was something that might happen to, to me to my parents
3: to them the yeah.
5: That it wasn't just that yeah. my father-in-law who I love but all of a sudden all of that generation we realized I realized oh my gosh we're in that that chapter of our lives where our parents' um, health is deteriorating and we might lose them. So
4: when mm-hmm.
5: in November, 2015, my mom had a stroke and she had been the caregiver of my father who had alcohol related dementia. So when she had the stroke, she wasn't able she, uh, she it was major. It, 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 uh, she's no longer able to speak or understand like a lot of, um, Symbolic language or language at all. She can understand emotions and some, some words, but it's really hard to communicate with her because she doesn't really, it's, it was very, her stroke damaged her brain really badly. So at that Mm -hmm. point, um, with my sister's help, um, you know, we had to, um, put our parents in memory care, um, uh, which was hard. Um, but it was the best thing for them because they really needed that extra care. Um, so that was also, like, taking care of business and that caretaking in, in terms of um, my parents um, and being in between taking care of a, a kid who has, has the needs and parents who have needs. Um, that kind of was that, that portion, too.
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that can and, be overwhelming. And, and, Mm-hmm.
5: it is overwhelming without a doubt it's overwhelming yeah luckily yeah. now things are pretty um, stable I mean my mother's health isn't great but she's she's, she's just the energizer bunny and <laughs> will keep that woman down she's just like amazing uh, she's a survivor of over 30 years of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma um, mm. and yeah and she's just keeps
3: on going she's she's amazing Mm that's awesome yeah that's Mm -hmm. awesome
4: yeah
3: um you mentioned something a little while ago on when you were working on re-releasing your book and uh
1: congratulations about that
4: by the way yeah thank you thank
3: you um one thing you you mentioned was uh you're you're working with book coaches and a a question I actually had farther down the line, but I'm going to ask it now is what was it like uh, revisiting your work with the book coaches helping this time, you know, um, having that extra set of eyes and outside perspectives interjecting on your work? Well,
5: there's both, you know, at first I reacted in a very sort of defensive way. (laughs) Okay. Like, uh, Oh, because it stressed me out. And I was just so, I kind of like my ego was like, no, I don't want to change my work, or that's too much work or, you know what I mean? So at first I reacted defensively yeah. and then I took a step back and I realized, yeah, I, I knew when I published the book that I was just sort of dumping posts without rhyme or reason, just sort of in reverse chronological order. um, And, um, and so I, I, I knew it needed work and I just wasn't it was just so hard to even do that that I decided I'm just going to throw this out there in the world. So, yeah. um, but once I, once, my, um, uh, Aaron J. Smith, it's my, it's my, my book, with my book coach which is also called a developmental editor. And what he did was in, in reading my book, he said, you have those, uh, themes that I discussed earlier, uh, bipolar disorder, um, Writing with purpose, advocacy, and caretaking. He said, "I." He said, "Let's just organize your writing by theme." So that was like my first huge step. Like it wasn't something I could do in a week or something. I'm like, "Okay, that's going to take a while," and it's overwhelming. Mm. So I'm just going to have to take my time doing that to the extent that I can, rather than trigger hypomania. And 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 uh, luckily, my publisher and my book coach both they're they're known for publishing mental health issue, you know, books. Um, so I was, um, and Aaron, you know, when you're working with somebody who also, uh, is a mental health advocate, that helps. <laughs> so,
4: yeah, absolutely. Because they
5: get it, they get it that you, like, I need to take time to do this because it's hard. But once I had done that big first step, which, um, then we were able to shape it into something that was much better than my original book. Um, and it was, and my particular coach, um, was very gentle with me. <laughs> oh,
4: that's good. That's good. You know, like, <laughs> good
5: job. How about this? You know what I mean? So that right. I use so much because it's hard to, you know, have um, somebody else look at your book. And, and um, uh, I, I just wasn't used to that. And so um, as somebody who just publishes myself, like in the, on a blog, um, I don't usually have somebody, ed- you know, nobody's editing my blog posts you know, so to speak. Right. So, um, but, um, it, it, it resulted in a much better, um, book. So, and I realized how much I, uh, you know, needed editing basically. Um, and, um, you know, that most people who are like professional writers have like a lot of feedback, like they have, um, what do they call them? Beta readers. And, you know, like, even okay. before it gets to an editor, like beta, beta readers, just right. a few people you to you know to read it and give you some feedback. Um, and then they'll have, you know, a, 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 an editor, like we does more like what my editor did. My, um, and then, and then they'd have, and then if, they, if the editor feels like the book needs a lot of work rather than just tweaking, then they'll send you to a developmental editor or, you know, to do more of a major overhaul. And then again, it goes to an editor and then a proofer. You know what I mean? There's so many steps. Right. That having somebody out, you know, that helped me shape it into a more polished product than I had just thrown sort of thrown out into the world.
3: <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and that's that's important. You know, it, Beck went through kind of a similar thing with mm-hmm. her book. Um, you know, she had, she had written it, and a publisher that we were going to work with had gone through editing it and and made all these different suggestions and, you know, it kind of pissed her off at first. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I did at first. I definitely was negative towards it at the beginning and um, eventually I just saw this person, they they weren't being um, productive for me. You know, they, she kept saying that um, I was a terrible writer, but she would get used to it.
3: Yeah, which... Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
5: That is so not the, who you want working with you. Definitely exactly, not. You exactly. want to have somebody yeah. who's supportive and yeah, that's
4: horrible.
3: Right, mm. right. But the one, the one good benefit that came out of it is once Beck's mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of got an idea of what this lady was talking about as far as in, in terms of editing and stuff she was able to go back and revisit the stuff herself and make a lot of the same. Yeah. She edited it. And then when we republished it, I went through it and my, my going through it was more fixing the issues that our former publisher, a different guy had mistakes that he had made to the, to the manuscript. So, um, it, there was there was a, a bit of doctoring involved on on that, you know, and, and luckily I'm working on it and I'm in the same room with her and, and I'm like, okay, well, do you want to say this or do you want to say this? And she's like, well, I want right. to say this. I'm like, okay, you know, and then I can either change it or not. But right. um, it was it's an exhaustive process to be sure.
4: Mm-hmm. It's totally
5: and it definitely is kind of you know if it if it's not done right, it definitely kind of you know hurts hurts your ego, especially when you're writing something that's so personal. You know, right. I mean, mm-hmm. about your mental health journey, that's like that's very personal. So when you, you really need somebody who's um, compassionate,
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> you, you sure, exactly. give
5: you feedback. And when you have an editor, it's always your choice whether or not you're going to take mm-hmm. their advice. Like I would go like one thing at a time. I go, okay, yes, no, yes, yes, no. You know, in terms of, mm-hmm. or, or you know well in or or a compromise like they'll say okay we, we could think, think something's duplicative or in the wrong place in terms of the mm-hmm. narrative flow and i say okay i'm not going to get rid of that when to do is i'm going to put it with this other thing so you know I maybe mean? it's like you know, don't want to get rid of something or, or other times i'm like okay you're right that is duplicative of the other one
4: right um, right
5: so it's, it's good to have somebody who can work with you rather than just like you down had you. people who weren't you either aren't competent or um or are not compassionate in terms of their working with somebody. Like to tell you you're you a bad writer is just unacceptable. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. yeah,
1: I mean I knew I wasn't a bad, bad writer. You know, I knew right. that I had something I had something to offer. So, you know, we, we got rid of her pretty quickly, but um you know that was it was devastating at first because yeah. it, yes. it felt like my my first and only chance at it. So I had to keep working at it and working at it until we found somebody else.
5: Yeah. Right. Right. And it's your baby. You know. I mean, it's it's our.
4: Yeah.
5: <laughs> these are like really and 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 for any writer really not just people who are writing memoir about mental health issues but any writer really it, their writing is. It's their soul, you know, out, right. there, on, out there in words. So um, the, definitely the editors um, and beta readers, and I never use beta readers, but, you know, all, all that kind of stuff is mm-hmm. important that they be compassionate and, um, and uh, gentle, I guess.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, we're getting a little bit close to our end time.
3: Yeah, already, geez. Mm-hmm.
1: we about six or so minutes left. So um, we want you to be able to talk a little bit about what you've got coming up next.
5: Okay. Well, first of all, I just realized I never told anybody the title of my book. <laughs>
3: so, yeah, we, we, yeah, we meant to yeah. ask that to t- too. Sorry.
5: Yeah. <laughs> so I'll just say that, and I'll go on to other stuff. It's called Balancing okay. Acts um writing through a bipolar life so it's basically the theme of it is how i wrote is using writing therapeutically you know writing through a bipolar life and um mm-hmm. that should be coming out this week it's supposed to come out the 19th it might be the ebook that does we'll see if it you know how it does it's still getting uh, full, the interior formatting done and yeah. um and then uh, i just um okay so my blog is kidomalley.com and actually there are excerpts of my writing there and links to a lot of guest posts I've been doing recently um and uh let me see what else oh I I started to write something with Sarah Fader but then I put it on the back burner and that's sort Mm -hmm. of a um a sort of fictionalized memoir because I, my life before my breakdown was interesting. I lived in Saudi Arabia. Um, I, um, you know, which is, um, uh, you know, different. I lived there from two, when I was two to seven. And so I'm wow. I was considered a uh, third culture kid, uh, which is a person who spent like often people, you'll find kids, of mili- you know, people in the military or something. Kids have lived in a culture that's not, their parents' culture and not completely the culture that you're living in. You know, you're kind of in between. And so a third culture kid is a person who has spent – and here I'm quoting a woman called Ruth Van Rekken, who's a co-author of Third Culture Kids growing up among worlds. And she said a third culture kid is a person who has spent a significant part of his or her developmental years outside their parents' culture the third culture kid builds relationships to all cultures while not having full ownership in any. Although elements from each culture are assimilated into the third culture kid's life experience, the sense of belonging is in relationship to others of the same background. Other third culture kids. And I'm reading, reading that quote because it's also kind of like, not just geographic, you know, but also mental health-wise. Like, if we live with a mental health just diagnoses like like Rebecca and I do of bipolar, then we're mm-hmm. kind of too. <laughs> like the people who truly mm-hmm. understand us are other people who live with that. You know what I mean? Because it's not something that people. It's uh, and it helps in some ways. We're able to then have this ability to understand people in the main main culture, you know, normative culture, and understand being. Uh, I guess it's called neuro- neurologically diverse, <laughs> neuro, <laughs> yeah. you know. So we can live yeah. in both those worlds, and it's um, and there's a there's a, a positive about, about that, you know, and that's that you know having that compassion and that understanding, and
2: uh, and it's uh,
5: but still feeling feeling like an outsider, but but then when we're within our tribe, so to speak, feeling like we belong.
1: Yeah.
5: So, yeah.
3: That's, that's a- good note to end things on. I yeah, think. for sure. Very solid. Well, Kit, uh, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, we're going to finish out, uh, with one last song. So you stay on the line and everybody else, you're going to be listening to the song Home by Charlie Peck. Thanks for tuning in this week. We love you all and we will see you guys next week.
4: Thank you. the dark, boy I never loved one like you, mountain boats and
3: Join us next week as Rebecca and Joe continue to battle the stigma of mental illness. Follow us on Twitter at Voices for Change RJ and on Facebook at Voices for Change 2.0.
2: Astro Kiki Radio. We are the E-News of Astrology. Today, we'll be diving into the cosmic guidance from the stars, celebrities, and entertainment lifestyle. Thanks for joining us, and let's see what the universe has in store. Hello, world, and welcome to this week's episode of Astro Kiki Radio. We are the E-News of Astrology. My name is Kyle Thomas, and I am a pop culture astrologer. You may know me as the resident astrologer of Horoscopes and Horoscopes Daily on Instagram. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to Astro Kiki Radio on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. This week, we have lots of astrological goodies, the hottest celebrity news in Hollywood, and a fantastic celebrity guest with us here today. We are recording from my home in the Hollywood Hills.
0: Hello, guys. Sam Davidson here, entertainment news journalist, pop culture junkie, and aficionado of all things Hollywood, celebrities, and entertainment. We have some amazing stories for you this week and a very special guest. But before we get there, I, of course, want to give a shout-out to the people that are reviewing, rating, and subscribing uh, to our podcast on iTunes. So like I mentioned last week, we're going to be doing kind of a competition where at the end of the month, um, we pick one review randomly um, that we've gotten and we'll read one every single week. And the winner of this competition contest, uh, Kyle, will give them a mini reading, which we will post on our social media. So guys, please, please, please make sure to leave your review so we can read it next week and we can get two more entries to pick by the end Of the month, but I wanted to read another one that we got um, a couple of weeks ago. It was written by uh, Fashionably Yours, and it's OMG, a must listen magic. OMG, first off, Kyle is magic, and Sam's dive into entertainment is too good. The horoscope side is wild and magical. Getting to hear about your favorite stars and everything, OMG. Seriously, you just have to listen. I love them. And I love whoever wrote that review because it is very, very sweet. So thank you so much. Please continue to leave the reviews if you guys want to be read next week. But now let's talk about our special guest here, Jordan Nardino. Thank you so much for being here.
6: Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Kyle. Ow,
0: ow, ow! So, guys, Jordan, I had no idea that I was such a big fan of his until Kyle told me that he was going to be coming on the show He's a writer and producer. He's from L.A., lives in L.A. He's written for Desperate Housewives, Gilmore Girls, Star Trek Discovery, and most recently he produced a pilot for The CW. So you're right up my alley. Oh, thanks.
6: I also wrote for Smash, if you liked that. Oh, uh,
0: yes, I'm obsessed with Smash. (laughs) No, Smash... And the second season cancellation literally killed me. Could that you tell? Was the season I worked on. Well, it was an amazing season. I loved the cast that season. Um, I really wanted them to turn it into a musical, and I wanted to go see it myself. Because they did some live performances, right?
6: Yes, of both the musicals. There were uh, multiple iterations of them. That's so cool.
0: Because I was a fan of the second season musical. More well, than that's the, the
6: correct season to be a fan of when I'm a, a guest, so. Obviously.
0: Thank you. Um, so where did you study? Like, did you always want to be in the business?
6: I grew up in the entertainment industry, so I was sort of in the middle of it, but like the boring post-production side of it. I went to college, studied writing. I knew I wanted to write in entertainment, but I kind of wound up in television by accident and, um, worked my way up the ladder and here I am somewhere in the middle of it.
0: So you started as a writer's assistant
6: or something like that? No. Oh, I have a crazy story for how I got into TV. He's uh, an Aries. So. No. I, uh, I wound up working as an assistant on a TV pilot and making friends with the creator, and he hired me to be his assistant when the show got picked up. So I got to skip a lot of steps that people normally have to take, which oh, really en- like really, yeah, really, endears me to uh, assistants I meet who are uh,
2: struggling and but then, it's so airy. I love it yes. <laughs> so much. I love
6: it. I, I always tell people when they are looking for advice, they say, there's no rules. Uh-huh. There's no plan. You have to sort of cut your own path through the weeds. Um, and then I just sort of worked as an assistant wound up writing my own scripts. And I wrote one that was apparently good and got an agent and have been working ever since.
0: That's amazing. awesome, man. Yeah.
6: Some some jobs better than others.
0: What's your, <laughs> what was your favorite?
6: I mean, they've all... I mean, it's not about favorite or least favorite. It's just sort of about, like, iconic and, like, what gives the best stories. Mm -hmm. It's still, after all these years, everyone wants to talk about Desert Housewives, especially now with all the Felicity stuff, everyone. It's like I have this, like, ten-year-old gossip, and everyone just... Treats it like it's amazing. Like who was nice to you? And I'm, you know, so, Well, if you if you care, it was this one. Well, who um, was nice
4: to
6: you? They were all lovely. Let's dive into it, shall <laughs> we? Me. <laughs> I mean, no, actually, they were all. It, <laughs> I know it's a show that has this history of having all this drama, but I got there the fourth year, and everything was really chill by then. So I, it's I, good. I, yeah, but there was not not a lot of drama. Um. I loved working on Star Trek Discovery. I was a kid that grew up on Star Trek. I was a Star Trek nerd. My agents had no idea that I gave a crap about Star Trek. And to climb my way into that world and, you know, the highlight, I think the highlight of my recent career is I got to write an episode of television with Michelle Yeoh and like a gold lame cape and a sword threatening people. It was just she had this like fascinator in her hair. It was just really terrific.
4: That's so cool. Just,
6: I'm just really happy having written an episode of Star Trek that I got to write the gayest one ever. Yes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> without any actual gay
2: sex. Oh well, you know,
0: at least you know. That's you. the next step. That's okay. That's the next. That's that, this is Showtime or right? HBO. Yeah. Yeah. She's taking
2: it there. He's, you guys. He's yeah. breaking. He's breaking the mold.
0: Yeah. Um. What about your new CW pilot? Can you say anything?
2: Uh, well,
6: it is um, unfortunately dead. Oh, that happened. It, I know it happened. It was a very lucky experience. It was called Glamorous. It starred this um, this kid you might have heard of. His name is Ben J. Pierce. And he played, oh, yeah. um, he played this um, kid who just graduated high school. And he gets a job at this makeup company after he pans their products on YouTube. And he himself in the show, and to an extent in real life, is gender nonconforming. So he wears makeup and uses the products. So he sort of gets thrown into this world as a... 18-year-old uh, having opinions about things, but he's sort of crossing the the, the screen of YouTube into real life and seeing what uh, the thing he loves is like on its feet and what what life is like in New York. It uh, it was a great experience. I got to work with Brooke Shields. She oh, was so the cool. she was the female lead. I mean heaven. She is as tall as you have heard. I mean that is a she is statuesque. And people just stop and look at her like. I
3: mean, it's
6: very strange to be up close with someone who's been so famous for being that beautiful. Um, Really fabulous. Eva Longoria directed, which was the weird connection to Desperate Housewives. Wow,
0: she's just all over. Is like, you know, she just did Grand Hotel, which I loved. Um, you know, it's guilty pleasure. But yeah, we're super excited to, well, you know, you. dive into Hollywood with you and also talk about your stars a little later in the episode. But before we do so, mm-hmm. let's go into our weekly astrological forecast.
2: Oh, let's I can't wait. do it. So <laughs> we have, you know, some really great days that are lined up here for us. And so, you know, we're going to be releasing this on the 12th. So make sure that you're capitalizing on that. September 12th is a big day for success. You may feel. A burst of energy and initiative to start new projects and to take the risks needed to achieve large-scale success. Try not to be too impulsive, but harness this energy through planning and strategy. Avoid acting rashly without considering the consequences of your daring actions. So step away from conflicts when they come, if they do, and channel your strength and fire into a goal, and this enthusiasm is going to get you really far. So tomorrow's a great day, guys. You know. Really plan some big meetings if you can.
0: So, like, work stuff is is a good time. Yeah,
2: it's definitely more, you know, success-related. You know, I feel like it's not necessarily a love energy, something of that nature, relationship Mm -hmm. energy, but it's definitely, you know, endeavors, ambitions, goals, drives, things like that. Cool, well, I have a meeting tomorrow night. And not even necessarily, like, like sex even. You
0: know. You're just obsessed with sex. Like I didn't ask about sex. God.
2: I mean, but the stars are always talking about sex too. You know. Of
0: course. Yeah. Always talking about sex. <sighs>
2: I'm a gay man. I'm I a know. I'm <laughs> I like you bangs. Okay. You know. Whatever. Oh,
0: here we Monogamously, go. Monogamously. Okay. I have not said oh, a word. Go, yeah. Good luck with that in West Hollywood.
2: I mean, really. trust me. You know, it's been a, it's been a truck but it's kind of happening right now. I'm trying to.
6: I didn't know you were kinky. Wait. What? Monogamy, it's the latest kink
2: Yeah (laughs) Right, I was like, wait, what? Wait, you know, can you see the bruises on my neck right now? Kyle (laughs) No, I'm sorry No, I can't because you're monogamous Oh
0: my God, are those hickeys? No Oh God, I don't want to know
2: (laughs) I don't want to know Sorry, anyways, let's change the subject (laughs) Um, (laughs) so awkward Uh, Anyways, on the 13th uh, We have one of the most magnificent days of the year For telling someone that you love them you know, so if you're in touch with, uh, because you're going to be in touch with what you love about a person and can more easily express this to uh, you know, other people at this time. You know, so there's also a chance that you could be receiving someone's words or appreciation of love on this day as well. So if you receive a compliment, a letter, an invitation, or even a gift or money, you know, take, uh, take it into account and then realize that there's you know, blessings associated with that and really positive feelings. Also, any artistic or creative skills are enhanced on this day, and you will enjoy being able to express yourself. So, you know, Jordan, especially being able to, being a writer, you know, being a creative, this would be a great day for you to, you know. In your, in your study, like you were saying, and then come by, up to something. By the way,
6: no joke, when you post these on Instagram, I go on my calendar, and I have a little code for, this is the work day. Good. That's, a, That's I have so tried. cute. By the way, I love you. Almost, no, I really... Almost hate. all of your love days fall on Thursdays, so I'm constantly trying to get my friends to go to um, Foo
2: bar. Yes! I'm like,
6: we're going to meet <laughs> some love tonight. Let's
2: go. Yeah, no, I love you. Like, it's so funny. Like, honestly, it's, it's... Okay, so he and I have been... We've, we've been connected for, what, like two months now? Maybe, Yeah. Yeah, and it's And it's
0: just, okay, like, for people that are listening that aren't part of the gay community or live in Los Angeles, I find it fascinating Kyle's constantly meeting people. I'm like, how did you meet, like, Instagram? Literally, Instagram.
2: That's how you and I connected. No, no.
0: I just, I wish I could meet people. I don't meet people like that.
2: Well, but the thing is, neither of us were, like, slipping into each other's DMs in a gross way. It was, like, (laughs) we were just interacting, and it was, like... Because
0: you know, you're always ha- hashtagging like Instagay. Is that how everyone no. reminds you? No. I
2: know. I think we met through people that we're connected to online. Hashtags are scary. You just mm. meet people because they interact with you. Yeah, I don't really do Something with
0: algorithm, I don't, the do algorithm.
2: I don't yeah. know. No, but I, I really think it was because we have similar people that are uh, in our network. Maybe, yeah, that happens. And, you know, sometimes people just pop up, and so... Uh, yeah, and I was just like, oh, who is this, like, really cute guy, and then, I was like, oh, and he's, like, successful, that's cool, and mm-hmm. then, uh... <laughs> keep, it cu- keep going. Yeah, no, 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 for real, I, no, I, I literally, I was like, he's such a fox, look at this, like, handsome fucking man right here. I
0: know, he's very hard to read, though, I find... No, I know, I know, I know. Um, it's you're very sarcastic, very dry. Wow. Um, no, you're just like...
6: I'll, I'll try to be more... I I, I, figure, I figure that plays better on uh, radio
2: than... Uh, no! Authority.
0: It's it's mysterious. <laughs> it's mysterious. I like it a lot. Well, yeah,
2: no, I mean, it, literally, and this is funny too, because uh, when I told you today, Sam, that he was coming, I was like, I already knew it. I was like, you guys are going to hit it off because he's an Aries, he's also a Gemini Rising. There's just so much good energy with him, and I know, like it's... Yeah, anyways, all the good vibes, you know, across the board. So... Uh, let's just, but let's finish the forecast here. So, uh, the next thing we have here also is that if you're signing a contract on this day, do that if you can on Friday, on the 12th, really or 13th. Sorry, really, really great. Also, this is excellent for making new friends. So this energy is going to kind of spill over into the 14th, which is my. Oh yes, my the beginning of my fifth year in uh, LA. So I'm having an anniversary party. If you are in LA and wanna come join us, we'll be out in West Hollywood on that evening. Those people
0: with the anniversary, don't you find it a hoot? I mean, you've been here forever, Jordan.
2: I love it. I don't care.
0: I know. I know you don't. And I love you for it. Zero (laughs) fucks. I'm like, I've been here for 13 years. I've never celebrated an anniversary. No, but the thing is,
2: I bring people together. That's what I'm celebrating. It's not the fact that like, bitches, I made it. Because it's, no, literally like, I have met so many wonderful people and that's, and think about it. Like, Think of all the, the people that you've met through me and I've, that met, I've met through you. Come on, lot of, it's real.
0: No, seriously, I've met a lot of my, some very close friends Exactly, and you, I try so. to
2: do that for people because I really care about the people that I'm around. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it'll be But it's fun. not about me. It's about, like, look at how much stronger we are when we have build a network together.
0: Yeah, so Saturday yeah. the 14th is a good time to, like, meet new people.
2: Yes, uh, and then also we have a full moon on the 13th, so there's going to be an intensified energy. And so this is a full moon in Pisces, and so... This, again, is going to spill over into the beginning of next week, so we will notice culminations at this time that that have been building since last March. Neptune will be a little feisty at this time, so, you know, on one hand, it can be really great because this can be kind of romantic energy, this can be kind of creative energy, but also, you know, people can be prone to kind of like living in an illusion for a hot minute, so, you know, Uh don't get too lost in... You know, drugs or alcohol or anything.
0: Well, I have a question because yeah. you know, I I'm very superstitious. Like, I'm always scared of Mercury retrograde. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's Friday the 13th,
2: right? That was a movie. I don't think that really has anything. In. That's a that's a historical suspicion.
0: I won't fly on Friday the fir- 13th.
2: Doesn't mean
6: anything. Yeah, I don't really. I feel. think it goes. I think it has to do with the uh, repression of the
0: Templars, maybe. But it's gonna be a full moon. It's Friday the 13th. I don't know if I want to go anywhere. I'm serious.
6: There's so many things to really be afraid of. Yeah, for <laughs> real. Uh, I mean you should, we should really be afraid of hustlers tanking. Uh, yeah. Because that that will affect all of our lives. Yes. Yes, I right I'm at the thirteenth at
0: one. Gonna write a glowing review tomorrow, hustlers. I'm going to
6: scream. Yes, we that to check we it have it to <laughs> we you, have to make that a
2: hit. Did you see it yet?
6: I have my tickets for tomorrow. It's Really good. I am seeing it. I I, I am, am hyping J Lo for the Oscar nomination. We're gonna I don't know about happen. that. We're uh, it's or do you know it, about that? <laughs> She was really good. Can we do her Oscar chart instead of mine this episode?
0: (laughs) Hey, it's something to think about in the future. Yeah, yeah, okay, so I can do whatever I want on Friday the 13th. Yeah, yeah.
2: um, Well, we're naturally going to be feeling more dreamy and more mystical and, you know, more sensitive, too, because Pisces is a water sign. It's very intuitive and also magical within that. So, you know, again, keep in mind what was going on in last March, and it's going to be kind of culminating now. And then, uh, you know, it's just really interesting because Back then, I was in a very deep romantic place about some very intense energy, some things that were going on, which Sam knows about. Obviously, I was you know kind of lost in this love story mm. with someone and trying to get out. Well, it's funny, I, I now you know that person is not in my life currently, but you know I'm I'm in a new romantic place and I can feel that energy really manifesting as well. Yeah. So that that's kind of the echo of that theme for me. So awesome. I mean, what were you doing? What were you doing, in March? What was I doing in March?
6: I was shooting a TV pilot for the CW. Okay. Yes. So, so I was living water. in Toronto in an apartment, hotel apartment, uh, eating terrible set food um, and just completely set, you know, hanging out with Eva Longoria every day. That was pretty cool. Uh, and Brooke Shields. and um, so yeah, it was just work. Uh, it was so so we're gonna we're gonna be reaching a culmination of what I was doing in March.
2: Yeah. So basically, you know, similar kinds of themes, patterns, uh, relationships, uh, things that you were thinking and doing. Uh, I would be shocked if you don't at least look back. I mean, you may not hear from them specifically at this point in time, but like for instance, I don't know if you and I have ever talked about this, but. I write down everything I do. Like for instance, I had a, I wrote down the day that you and I met, mm-hmm. um, and and so I because I wanted to keep that. It, it was I just had this feeling it was going to be important, mm-hmm. and I do that pretty much with everything. Uh, like for instance, like you know over the weekend, uh, Sam and I uh, were hanging hanging out with Jake and Brett and Dustin. I'm really and, glad and he and writes this like, shit down <laughs> <you> because <laughs> I don't remember. But anything. you can chart it and kind of see that you know those same key kinds of people or things that were going on. Like like it, it, perfect example. I was, like, deeply in love with this person that I've been in love with for so long, but now it's about new love. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily about co- correlating with that specific person. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Interesting. I know. I you know. don't think what I but was But that's doing, the same pattern. Yeah. Okay. Well, everyone keep an eye out for yeah. that. Think about what you were doing. What were
2: you doing? This was before we started Astro Kiki. I think it was... We, launch we launched lunch in April.
0: Did we? Okay. Yeah. We so we were doing, like, we were preparing, though, Yeah, I we were doing that. Um, and having some collaboration meetings, so yeah. I remember. Okay, mm-hmm.
2: cool. Cool. That's what we got for our astro
0: forecast. All right, guys. Well, next, of course, we have our three top celebrity pop culture stories of the week as well as our celeb, WTF. We'll be back in just one moment. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Astro Kiki Radio. We have some really, really interesting stories this week I know that um, me and Kyle are both really excited about. So uh, on last week's episode, I mentioned briefly that there is some stuff going on with Britney Spears, and we would dive into it this week. Um, And so I'm going to dive into it. So Britney Spears' dad steps down as her conservator after getting physical with one of her sons, and Britney's ex, Kevin Federline, and by physical, I mean like he like slapped him around, you know. Um, what? Yeah, he abused him, and uh, I mean, there was
2: I, one of those things. I mean, at this point in time, I'm, I used to get spanked, and like you know, my it's dad. It's not okay would, like,
0: anymore. That there's something wrong. We, we've talked. We've talked about her father before, Jamie Spears, because a few months back was it? Wasn't it that he? It was in December. I want to say. No, maybe after no, we weren't doing the eclipses were
2: right, hitting him. We talked about it once before. The eclipses were hitting him, and we're going to go into some that today. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: but there was problems with her father health wise. Uh, conservator, mm-hmm. there was talking about like him stepping down.
6: Yeah, but some people say that that health thing was just a ploy to pull her out of her Vegas show as punishment for going off of her meds. Yeah. Are you serious? Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels sort of gross to gossip about because she's her own person and. Yeah. Having, having been close to some gossip, you just have no idea what the truth is, but it's so fun,
2: too. I'm I know. am so curious. Well,
0: it's just, I feel And we live in Hollywood, you know? Nice. Like, yeah.
2: And the crazy thing is that, you know, I don't know Britney Spears, but there are people that we probably do know that, like, you know, we're all connected as a celebrity now, and it's like, it's just nuts.
0: Well, so I feel... I, I have this feeling that in a few years down the line, maybe even longer we're going to figure out, like, what the hell was really going on these right. past couple of years, because it's really weird. Like, So basically what happened this week, it it just doesn't make sense and there's not a lot of answers, and there weren't answers from this last scandal with her father. But um, So after previously petitioning the court to hand over the reins of the conservatorship um, because of his health issues, this Monday a judge finally approved that request and appointed Brittany's longtime um and manager, Jody Montgomery, and she has a lot of friend managers that are, I'm like, how many does, like, what is that? How many does she have? But I find it interesting that her mom as in, is not stepping forward. And I know, and like her mom likes some really cryptic stuff about, you know, what's going on with Britney. She was like liking the hashtag Save Britney stuff a few months ago. So she kind of is involved in some way. And so I don't know the exact situation why she's not stepping forward and taking care of, of the situation, um, but so Jamie, her father, allegedly engaged in conduct that was physical abuse towards Sean, which is one of her sons. And the very next day, Kevin Federline, um, the father, of course, um, the he filed a police report at the Ventura County Sheriff's Office, and Brittany recognized that the children were in a dangerous situation. And she demonstrated the correct parental judgment by removing them from it. So she kind of was just like, fine, take them. Like, I'm kind of scared of the situation as well. Um, And then she went on social media. I don't know if you guys have seen Britney Spears' Instagram. Yes. So you saw that video.
6: I haven't seen that video, but I have seen her Instagram generally, and it is a work of art.
0: Yeah. Well, apparently, like, rumor was that her Instagram account is the only thing that she legitimately has actual control over. Which isn't shocking, because it, they're kind of crazy, the posts that she makes. Um, I mean, Jordan
2: loves it. He's living for it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I see some of the stuff that you like, and I'm just like, honey. <laughs> like,
0: I mean, I love Britney Spears. I don't, like, of course it's interesting to talk about this stuff. Right, right. But, you know, she, I have, like, whenever Britney Spears dies one day, whether it's when we're, like, 90 or whenever, like, I'm going to cry my eyes out. Mm-hmm. Like, I will be devastated. What
6: did she post that was so interesting?
0: It was, um like, literally a day or two after the kids were taken away. And it was just, like, she looked a hot mess and was posing for these, like, weird photos. It looked like there was makeup all over her. She was smiling. Was I'm going like,
2: to show you right now. Yeah, it was... It was I that, did a deep dive on this the other day.
0: Yeah, so she's just, like, sticking her tongue out, kind of, to the camera. It's just kind of a series of these weird different photos, which is, like... What does the caption say? I don't.
6: Same faces, same dress, new hair. Yes, my sister inspired me to go dark! Exclamation marks.
0: <laughs> I mean, isn't that kind of an odd and appropriate thing to do a couple of days after your sons get taken away from you and, like, almost all of the custody of your children is given to the father, Kevin, which of course means that he's going to be getting more child support, which mm-hmm. is how he's making his always, basically. Mm-hmm. Made his living, so um, it's really sad. But a lot of times when things like this happen, there's stuff going on astrologically, and it's Mm -hmm. interesting to kind of pair up those things. So that's why I put it to Kyle to see what's going on. Yeah,
2: let's do it. All right, Britney Spears is a Sagittarius sun with a Libra rising. Interestingly, Kevin Federline is an Aries sun with a Libra rising as well. This shows that their connection is extremely aligned, and no matter for, and no wonder for it. You know, back in the day. Brittany Sagittarius' son loved Kevin's bold, dramatic leadership, and she enjoyed that he was calling the shots and leading her on their own little journey. She felt comfortable with him because he was dramatic but also fatherly in a way, and she trusted that he had her back. Aries are natural leaders and are very dominant, and Sagittarius like when they don't have to worry about the details. From Kevin's end, uh, he loved Britney's spontaneity and, and impulsiveness, which always led them on a different journey as well. Plus, he loved her excitable nature because he could feel powerful and like a man when she relied on him. This connection is hot and fiery, and when it's good, it is fun and adrenaline-filled. When it is bad, it is violent and explosive. But again, adrenaline-filled. With their sons perfectly aligned, this was harmonic while it lasted, and even now there is a natural tr- trust between them. As for their Libra rising, they were nearly conjunct, meaning they were uh, almost exactly in the same place in the, science, in the sky, meaning that the two tended to see the world in the same way and have similar visceral responses to likes and dislikes. While this may seem like a favorable indication for a relationship, too much similarity tends to create stagnation and lack of interest over time, which is perhaps why eventually it moved them apart. However, Libra, as a rising sign or sun sign, craves partnership and for the time it lasted, they truly united and felt strong within their connection. Last, Brittany's Venus is at 25 degrees Capricorn, whereas Kevin's Mars is at 24 degrees Cancer. This is a powerful indicator of their relationship because they're nearly 180 degrees apart. This is a relationship that is sparked by uh, an irresistible sexual attraction and romantic desire. Their passion and desire for one another will always remain alive while they're together. It also makes them prone to possessiveness or jealousy and guaranteed, they found themselves uncomfortable by even subtle indications that they were uh, going to be competing with someone else. So, this most definitely came from Kevin's side of things because it was his Mars and he's an Aries, uh, you know, so he was feeling possessive and always wanted to control her. And, you know, Sagittarius crave freedom, but Aries try, will try to dominate anything they want to conquest. Um, you know, so think about it it's like Venus and Mars, the, the, the star-crossed lovers. That's literally how their stars are aligned, uh, you know, at least with their Mars and Venus. Uh, Natally. Uh, Now let's cut to uh, some other things with it. Britney Spears' father, Jamie Spears, is a cancer. Cancer, whether male or female, are extremely family focused and usually prioritize their family above all else. This shows that Jamie has always been very protective, loyal, and strong as a force in her life, whether she wanted it or not. Cancer are also extremely, uh, they are a cardinal sign which will allow them to take the lead when they can. Again, when it comes to Cancer and Sagittarius, the Cancer Sun is usually a more dominant energy because Sagittarius, which is Brittany, doesn't like to worry about the details. However, a lot of astrological factors are at play right now. The eclipses that are taking place in Jamie Spears' chart are hitting his identity in his house of partnership. Brittany, despite being her, uh, his daughter, is also a partner to him at this point in time. With eclipses happening, these are significant beginnings and endings. For him, this is a fading ending. An eclipse hits most intensely near the weeks it takes place, but it also echoes over the coming six months, too. This is why it is happening for him in this way. For Britney Spears, though, she is having major eclipses in her family and career sectors. All of this similar eclipse uh, energy began in July uh, 2018 and will continue to shake out through 2020. As for Britney's life, she has Jupiter, Planet of Luck and Expansion in her sun sign in 2019. This is all about liberation, freedom, and open roads for her, which is what she's been hoping for, and now it's finally coming. Last in September uh, 2019, which is now, many of the plants are highlighting her fame and public persona, and this is why she's in the limelight about this, especially right now. And ultimately, she's breaking free, finally like the bird she always wanted to be. Aww.
0: Oh well, I just hope, like, that bird has, like, clipped its wings and
2: is ready to fly free. I mean, because... Wait, what, you clip her wings so you can't fly? You can't fly <laughs> with <wing>. a Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Sorry! Um, but I mean, I just, I hope that she... Rebuilt wings, rebuilt wings. I, I hope her wings are rebuilt and ready to go and um, aren't clipped, actually, because then yeah. she'll fall. Um, I just, yeah. I hope I, what do you feel? What do you think? I
6: have never rooted for someone to succeed the way I've rooted for Britney Spears to mm. succeed. I feel like I've inherited that gene as a gay man. Uh, they, I, there would nothing would fill me with more hope than to see her come out of this stronger and with a new residency
2: and a new album. My goodness. I, the thing is, I don't think she... I mean, even looking at all this, she doesn't want to work. Or if she doesn't want to work again, don't work again. I literally feel like she wants to like eat a bunch of food disappear for a while. It and... must
6: be terrifying to know that you're an industry for so many people. Mm-hmm. Not just in your family, but just yeah. that you employ whether you work or not you should so many people rely
2: on you it must be terrifying oh totally yeah. we've talked about this before though when you are an empire yeah. that's why everybody makes money and they're pushing them you know it's like Miley, Ariana you know all of them they're an empire yeah whether or not that they actually are the emperor or empress, you know mm-hmm. like
0: and I, I hope her kids are okay mm. sounds traumatic Um, and you know I, don't, I, I have a feeling in this situation, like Kevin Federline isn't a bad guy. Like mm-hmm. he's, you know, stepping in and and helping. And just because he basically makes a living off of his child support, that doesn't, you know, make him a bad dad. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do you have a thought? I'm just pointing to the air. No,
6: oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> fidgeting. Uh, fidgeting. I don't. It, it's. I know it's a weird thing to say in a celebrity gossip section of a podcast, but I just I feel so bad having opinions about. They're the, family affairs,
0: you know. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> totally. I do a little bit. I but. looked at,
2: uh, so Lynn Spears, she's a Taurus, tourist. Taurus mm-hmm. and Cancer, so her and uh, Jamie were very aligned when they were together. I do think that, you know, they probably did have a very strong connection, but the interesting thing is both of their children are fire signs, which is very incompatible to that.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So there's always been this grading of, like, they wanted to manage and wanted to control and guide. And, you know, the girls were just like, let's fight, let's do this. And then they got really, really famous and powerful, you yeah, know?
0: absolutely. They're mm.
2: well, crazy, right? That's, yeah, that's nuts. I know.
0: It must have not been easy to be parents to uh, that kind of situation. Um, our second story <laughs> is um, another celebrity divorce. Um, dun, 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 dun. So, uh, Zoe Deschanel splits. From her producer husband, um, I feel like I'm gonna butcher his last name. It's uh, Jacob um, Penchik After four Peshnick, I, well, I don't know. Jacob P. Okay. Um, after four years of marriage, uh, so it seems like kind of a very emaciable um, Is that do I say that right? Amicable. I always say. Amicable. Amicable. Am- why do I say
2: emaciable?
0: I don't know. Amicable split. Um, they decided that they're better off as friends, they're also business partners, you know, she has her Hello Giggles empire, um, and they are want to co-parent together as opposed to being lovers and being married. Uh, so people say that they've actually, even though this was just announced recently, they've been separated for several months now. They're very private. People say they're excellent parents, love their kids. Like she doesn't even let them watch her on anything. Like she says the kids don't even know that she's a st- movie star or TV star. <laughs> That's <laughs> kind of cool.
2: Yeah.
6: <That's>
0: <laughs> I, I can you imagine.
6: I, be, I bet they they're sneaking in episodes on their iPad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of <laughs> New right. Girl. Hmm.
0: They're like Jess, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So they first stepped out together in August of 2014, shortly after she called it quits with screenwriter Jamie Linden. Um, He proposed, and then um, she got pregnant in January of 2015, only one week after announcing that they were um, expecting their first child together. So uh, the date of their engagement, uh, it it fell on her birthday, actually. And they secretly tied the knot in August of 2015, and a source said that uh, she actually converted to judaism for him so i don't know i'd be interested to see if she still you know keeps up with the religion i wonder like how that works you no, know you're like no, shaking easily, your head like, yeah. You're like, i don't
2: that. know i mean i don't know them personally but it's anytime i've ever known anyone that is like converted for someone mm-hmm. they drop that shit as fast as they're out of their relationship you know <laughs> like i mean for instance it's like my parents it's so interesting because like My mom was never very, you know, spiritual or religious, but my dad was, like, basically an asshole Catholic, (laughs) and, you know, he would just use it as, you know, a power thing, and she did it for him, and now she's just kind of like, tell me about astrology, Kyle. (laughs) You know, like. (laughs) Well, I could
0: actually see it going the opposite way, because if she cares so much about her children, um, wanting to raise them in, like, a united, and I'm Jewish, and I think it's Actually, don't tell my mom, but I think Judaism's a great religion. I just like to pretend that I don't like it.
2: Well, no, like, for instance, I think it's really fascinating, too. And if, it, if she really resonates with it, that's great. But also, it's like, like I said, when someone converts for someone, I don't know. It's just weird. I won't
6: even change which way I put the toilet paper on the roll. Right. I, well, you're yeah. an Aries, though, no, for a yeah, <laughs> guy conversion. Hmm.
0: I know. I find it interesting. It always reminds me of the season of Sex in the City <laughs> when Charlotte converts for. Harry. Um, yeah, I mean, I have always told my parents, like, ever since I was a young girl, I was like, I like blondes, blonde hair, blue eyes. So they're like, come on, dude, like, mm-hmm. really? But watch, I'll probably end up marrying a Jew. We've talked about
4: this. Yeah, yeah
0: it's probably going yeah, to happen. Anyways, um, what was going on with this pair, Kyle? Like, were they compatible? Do you see kind of them growing together in a different way in the future?
2: So, Joey... Well, that was weird. <laughs> Joey Deschanel is a Capricorn sun, Capricorn rising with a Capricorn moon. Oh, wow. This means that through and through, she's predominantly and purely a Capricorn individual, just like Katy Perry is purely a Scorpio. It's
0: terrifying. But anyway, that's another
2: podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob eh, whatever that is, is a Gemini sun with a Virgo moon. Off the bat, we wouldn't consider Capricorn and Gemini to be the most compatible signs in the Zodiac. We do see that their moon signs are both Earth and very aligned though. Virgo and Capricorn go well together because there is a meeting of intellect and emotion in a grounded nature to them when it affects their reactions and behavior. These two, no matter what, knew how to compromise, which is a lovely way to build a partnership. However, due to due to the intense eclipses that began in Cancer and Capricorn in 2018 and will continue throughout 2020, these are all hitting Zoe extremely intensely. She is seeing major transformations, endings, and beginnings in her identity and partnership sectors, which is why the eclipses have been rippling over the year. The full endings will occur next year for her in 2020, yet the other thing of interest to, to note is that in 2019, Jupiter, Planet of Miracles and Luck is in Jacob's house of partnership, gifting him with freedom, expansion, and opportunity. Because, of the, because the two have agreed to continue to be business partners and co-parents, especially during this year when Jupiter's there, it means that they both will enjoy this decision and it will bring them both more happiness, freedom, and fortune in their lives. They can still rely on each other for important needs when it comes to their family, but can be free to, free to pursue love and partnership in more fulfilling ways with other people. Also in September 2019, the stars are aligned in Jacob's sector, family, in domesticity, meaning that his attention is there and he is breaking free to, to begin new beginnings. Start new beginnings. <laughs> Start new beginnings. Uh, for Zoe, it is in her sector of media and television vision, so it is very likely she has important projects that are focusing her time and energy, and that is where her ultimate, you know, focus is, you know, over a stale relationship. Like that's just more important right now. As I've mentioned throughout 2019, anyone with a Cancer or Capricorn sun or ascendant are ending stale partnerships to be redirected to better ones or are growing closer, getting engaged, in building one forever. So that is exactly what's happening.
0: Sounds like a nice clean split. Good for them. Yeah, I mean, hell yeah. How unique. Um, <laughs> seriously though, uh, you don't hear about that a lot in Hollywood. I do you have you heard any projects she's doing recently?
6: I have not. I am the least gossipy person in the entertainment industry. I know. Industry. I, have, I have a friend who knows everything. He knows who's attached to what film and who dropped out of what. Uh, no, Ira knows a lot too. But we both her. have a friend who just seems just just works the phones like an old school gossip columnist um, but uh, I'm the opposite of that. I don't even know what's going on with my own projects at the time.
0: Yeah, this podcast makes you very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. I love it. Okay, good. I'm glad. I really can't read this guy. Like, <laughs> I have no idea.
6: This is just my face. I get this a lot.
0: I, I a, <laughs> well, it's a combination of your face and your like monotone voice. Mm. I'm like, does he love me or hate me? Like, What is this? Or know, just, like, I'm indifferent. This, I'm might,
6: care. Th- this might be saying more about me than uh, my chart ever will.
0: Well, you know, I'm excited to get into that. So. <laughs> He's like that. But I don't mean it in a bad way. I actually no. think it's really cool. I wish I could be more like that because I, like, you can read me and, like, if I'm upset about something, I just, it's, like, so easy. To I, tell. I just
6: want the right people to be terrified of
4: me.
0: Yeah, that's a really, really good quality to have in Hollywood, I yes. will say. Yes. Um, okay, so third story. We kind of were talking about this uh, before the show started, so I know you're familiar Um, with this story, Jordan. So Nicki Minaj... Yes. yes, ...tweets that that she is going to retire and focus on family, and then she kind of, like, takes back her statement. So last week, uh, she claimed that she's not going to be a rapper anymore. She tweeted, um, or an artist. She tweeted, I've decided to retire and have my family. I know you guys are happy now. To my fans, keep repping me. Do it till the death of me. Love you for life. And um, then she deleted the tweet... And, you know, fans were obviously really upset, and um, she's saying that she's, like, possibly engaged to this guy that seems like an extremely toxic man, Kenneth Petty, who's a registered sex offender, so this is the man that she's planning to have a family with. Um, some people think that this was actually a hoax, and she's just doing this to get attention to potentially promote her new album. Nicki Minaj
6: looking for attention? That's not the Nicki I know.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, seriously? <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> I, I can't. Tell. Oh, wow. <laughs>
2: Right. We, we need a flag system. I right. know. <laughs> I was like, I read that perfectly. Right, totally.
0: Well, I mean, I also find it always <laughs> interesting, like Cardi B it, this week, like she's having her first big movie come out, and that's obviously like Nikki's like major nemesis. Um, what are your guys' thoughts, just out of curiosity, on like Nicki Minaj versus Cardi B, or do you like either of them at all?
6: I, I, the music industry loves the next young thing, and. Cardi has got the talent. I mean, not that Nikki doesn't either, but this is an unforgiving business in -hmm. all aspects for second acts and third acts. Um, You know, Megatron didn't exactly light up the charts this summer. I'm not rooting against Nikki. I'm not rooting for her. I gave it a shot. It kind of cycled out of my own. I don't even
0: remember that.
2: Exactly. Pandora plays it all the time, but it's labeled a feature track, and I was like, how much are you paying for that? It's
0: a good good track. I like it, and I,
2: I love Nikki. Um, she's been such a big part of my own like pop culture like growing yeah.
4: up. But yeah.
2: But also, even think about when you know when she was blowing up. Look at people are always like Lil Kim, you know, and and yeah, uh-huh. I mean, it was yeah, Lil Kim and Missy, right? right? And There's room
0: for everybody. Yeah.
6: But there isn't though. I mean, gay men on Twitter get vicious about who they're standing and who they're mm-hmm. repping and. There isn't room for everyone, people. Everyone, you're lifting up. You're also sort of pushing down, uh, you know, whoever came before them or a rival.
0: That's an interesting thought. I mean, I will say, which comes as no surprise, like the my girl who does my hair extensions, my friend Pinky, like she used to do Nikki's hair extensions from time to time, and just, I mean, no surprise that she's just, like, kind of horrendous, um, and she just treats people, and I've heard it from multiple people, that she treats people very badly that work for her, which sucks, um, and maybe is coming to bite her in the ass a little bit now, Oof. but that's, that's what happens, what goes around comes around. So do you see, Kyle, her yeah. actually taking um, a retirement here?
2: <laughs> Nicki Minaj is a Sagittarius son with an Aquarius ascendant. Kenneth Petty is an Aries son. We don't know his rising sign. As for their connection and compatibility, Aries and Sagittarius are extremely aligned. This is the same uh, kind of combination that we had with Kevin and Brittany. Interesting. Uh, Aries is a take-charge initiator, fiery leader, which the freedom-loving and feisty Sagittarius will love. The passion burns brightly between these two, and because the two fire signs demand adrenaline, they'll truly enjoy the flow between them. They also like spontaneity and can be a bit impulsive, so the two will enjoy the drama that stirs when life is happening around them. They both like to stir the pot, with Nikki doing so more than Kenneth, which is clear. You know, uh, we do know that Nikki is an Aquarius rising, and this makes her always feel like she's right and brilliant because she creates her independence and eccentric edge. Kenneth feeds into this part of her ego, which makes her uh, makes their conquest together exciting and like they're always putting on a show for everyone in the world. Uh, as for what is happening at the time of her announcement to retire in September 2019. A great deal of the planets are in her career and fame sector, so this shows me that she is doing this as a publicity stunt. Mm. Also, with Jupiter in her sun sign, we know that she is establishing patterns that will last for 12 years, and if her career wasn't going to be as big of a focus, there would have been more hints of this prior. If most of the planets were in her family and domestic sector, I would entirely believe that she was fully serious. However, I can see a dichotomy between the career and family spheres, uh, lighting up for her at this point in time, and the reason this is taking place is because of the full moon on September 13th, 2019, and this lights up her family and home sphere. So she isn't lying per se that she wants to make her family a big focus, but we have the moon and uh, but yeah, we have the moon and Neptune in that sector, while Venus, the Sun, Mercury, and Mars are in her career. So this push and pull is going to be won by the career for her at this time because there's just more planetary energy there. However, with Jupiter being in her sun sign and her building the patterns for 12 years, I do predict that family will be more of a focus as well, but still always secondary to her career. The balance will be struck, but career for Mickey, Nicki Minaj is always going to be about having the crown. Good for her.
0: Yeah, I, I just uh, hope she never listens to this. I don't want everyone to get on her side. She terrifies me. I mean, did you see Cardi B's face that one time? And that she had that huge lump on her head. <laughs> <laughs> did you see this? I did not. What? Oh, you, oh my god, you They see literally me. got into I think it was like essentially a bar fight, but like Cardi B gets dragged out and she's arrested with a huge smile on her face because because I think Nikki attacked her and she has this huge like black and blue bump like, right above her eye, and then Cardi went for Nikki and thinks she got her good. Um, so that she's, like, pulled away, arrested, and she's, like, smiling so proud, but she looks quite injured as well. Yeah, look, um, at, this,
2: look at this big welt on <laughs> her Oh, yeah, that's significant. That's, yeah. That's two. a welt.
0: Yeah. Well, Nikki, um, was yeah. she the best? I think maybe, like, you could find a... I, I don't know her man, but I'm just saying registered sex offenders is a little scary. Right. Um, but, you know, we'll see. She She takes some risks. Uh,
6: Overrides all astrological compatibility. Yeah,
0: that's just like it's not good. It's not a good, not a good luck. Um. Okay. So our next, we're all our celeb WTF is a very interesting, unique one that we're excited to talk about. I'm also a little bit scared to talk about it. Um. But I don't think we're as popular as we nearly think we are. So probably they, the Scientologists, won't hear this. Um. You know, they, now they will. And okay, I'm gonna lock my doors tonight. Anyways. We are going to be talking about Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes. So I remember this story vividly when they got together. It was, like, weird. I was, I think, a junior or senior in high school, and I came home with one of my girlfriends, and we just turned on Oprah, and, like, there's Tom Cruise jumping on the couch. Um, We all know the rumors, you know, that his wives and his girlfriends were being interviewed, things like that. So in 2001 is when Tom and Nicole Kidman got divorced. And then in July of 2004, Katie Holmes told a Seventeen magazine reporter about her crush on Tom Cruise, just this, you know, random, like, oh, you know, it's like my crush on Leonardo DiCaprio, never going to happen. And so during this time, Katie was actually engaged to actor Chris Klein, who was so cute, he was in the American Pie movies and some other really fun early 2000s, late 90s films. Um, In March of 2005, him and her split, and then in April of 2005, just one month later, is when Holmes and Cruz stepped out as a couple for the first time. And um, the two were photographed together soon after in Rome, and they were just gallivanting around. And then it was May 23rd, 2005, which is when Tom declared his love for Katie during his appearance on Oprah when he started jumping on that couch. And Oprah's looking at him like, wow. <laughs> what? Um, And then uh, June 13th of 2005, Holmes said she's converting to Scientology. And then like a week later, they announced their engagement. Um, October of that same year, they announced that they were going to have a baby. And then uh, Surrey was born on April 18th of uh, 2006. And then October of that year, she made her public debut, the baby did, and the baby was so beautiful, like, she still is such a cute kid, but I mean, it literally was like, almost like they made her in a test tube or something, she was just this perfect, angelic-looking kid. Um, They got married after the birth of the baby in November of 2006, which is interesting, I think, because um, I I don't know the rules of Scientology, but I feel like Tom follows them very closely. And then in January of 2008, just about two years later, Cruz's Scientology indoctrination video went viral. It was very odd. Some people called it scary. It was basically saying how all Scientologists are godly and like otherworldly beings, and you know, just Google Scientology. We all kind of know what that is. then it was two years later, May 2010, you know, people were still, like, is she, like, being kidnapped by the church? Like, she kind of is always quiet, and so this is when she, like, goes out in public, puts on a big show um, for Cruz at a Hollywood benefit, and she dances for him, like, all sexually. It was really weird, kind of embarrassing, but it was kind of to show the world, like, I'm so in love with my husband, but it was very purposeful, and then... June 29, 2012, is when Katie filed for divorce, and I mean, she essentially went into hiding. She had been planning this, like she got out of there. She's from not that far from where I'm from, in Ohio actually went home to her family, and it was terrifying. And um, Holmes reportedly made calls about this divorce um, on a disposable cell phone and hired three law firms in three states to get her out of this situation because it was so scary and so Tom hasn't seen his daughter in years. Really? Yeah. No, they don't have any contact. I didn't and, know that. Yeah, Katie kind of like refuses to let him into her life, uh, but I also don't think he's tried very hard. Yeah. So it's an it's one of Hollywood's most interesting sagas. Like it's pretty crazy.
2: Yeah, let's dive in. This is <laughs> nuts. Tom Cruise is a Cancer Sun with a Scorpio rising. This very intense water sign energy is what gives him deep emotions. His Scorpio rising makes him mysterious, enigmatic, and highly secretive. Katie Holmes is a Sagittarius Sun with a Leo rising. She is pure fire sign energy, which is very different from Tom Cruise's water sign predominance. You would very rarely, if ever, find these kinds of signs aligned. Cancer craves control and routine, whereas Sagittarius craves freedom and spontaneity. Both Tom and Katie have a Leo moon, though, which means that no matter what, they were able to relate and react similarly and understand each other's way of doing things. Their their emotional rapport did exist because of this. However, the thing that I find the most fascinating about their connection is not about compatible affection or styles, but in the fact that each of their birth Venus is conjunct the other person's ascendant. This means that their Venus is in the same place as the way that the person perceives or presents themselves. Katie's Venus is in Scorpio, near Tom's Ascendant, or mask and presentation of the world. And his birth Venus is near Katie's Ascendant, which is her mask and presentation of the world. This means that they were intrinsically sensitive to the other person's feelings, tastes, and needs at all given times. There was a mutual understanding of parents, and uh, their attraction to looking good together was very strong.
0: So that's actually it, they were compatible in some way.
2: They were just really looking good together.
0: So they uh, the importance was on how they looked,
2: and yes. that was why it worked. Exactly because it, it hits both of them that way. However, they were also attentive to what the other person wanted intrinsically because of that. So you know when, for instance, when you're in a power couple situation, you're like, okay, how, this person is a piece of me here. We are, we look good together. We mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. are. So you're sensitive to that.
0: Well, there were so, rumors like that Penelope Cruz has said like she was interviewed, auditioned, essentially, to be his girlfriend, mm-hmm. which was before. So I, I think it was a similar situation.
2: Totally, totally. So when it comes to the timeline of the relationship, there are a few factors at play. In t- 2001, when Nicole Kidman divorced Tom Cruise, Jupiter had just moved into Tom's sun sign, meaning that this was a very important new beginning being set forward for the coming 12 years of his life. At this point in time, he realized he had to create a new pattern and make it stick for the next 12 years. He was ready to have a phoenix and rebirth moment, which is what Jupiter was giving to him. In July 2004, when Katie said she had a crush on Tom Cruise's 217 magazine, Jupiter was in her sector of fame and public recognition. The press made sure that that message carried and surely it made its way to Tom. However, when Katie split from Chris Klein in 2004, and then Katie and Tom began uh, dating and stepping up publicly, Jupiter was in Tom's natal 12th house of privacy secrets and plans building behind the scenes. Lots of things were at play and going exactly as he wanted in order for him to fully recreate himself like a phoenix again when Jupiter would move into his ascendant later in 2005. This lasted even through their announcement of love and engagement. So back to Katie Holmes, though. In June of 2005, when she declared declared she was converting to Tom's religion, the sun was in her sphere of partnership, ruling her focus and coming further out about it. But Mercury, her ruling her mind, Venus, ruling her relationships, and Saturn, ruling maturity and responsibility, were in her sector of partnerships and debts. She was focused on what she was giving and receiving from that partnership and what she ultimately was going to be getting in the long run from it. This occurs to all of us when those planets are in that sector, so it wasn't just you know her being uh, manipulative or strategic. That was just naturally happening. Moving back down the timeline again, Jupiter was in Tom's Ascendant ruling the recreating of his mask and persona of the world to see when they gave birth to Surrey, when Surrey made her public debut, and the two got married in Italy. Tom wanted the world to know him as a father and husband. We all go, go through these similar recreation moments when this when Jupiter visits these spheres, isn't this is nuts? Like, oh, this is yeah, this yeah. is nuts. Like, and I was like, when I was going through this yesterday, I was like, holy
0: shit. And man. he's like blowing up my phone. He's like, you're not gonna believe this,
2: <laughs> right? And it's like I'm not making it up. And but it's it's interesting because we all kind of knew this was happening, but this proves right here that that's where the planets were. Um, all right, so let's continue. So, however, let's fast forward to May 2010 when Katie put on a show for Tom Cruise at a Hollywood benefit. Mars, the planet of firepower and energy that brings a great deal of, of uh, you know, enthusiasm to, this, uh, to a sector of our lives, was in her ascendant, making her want to stand front and center. For Tom, Mars was in his sector of fame, public recognition, and showing off at that exact same time.
4: <sighs>
2: <laughs> to end this story, though, when Katie Holmes filed for divorce from Tom Cruise on June 20, 29, 2012, Jupiter again had moved. This time it moved into Katie's solar house of partnership, meaning that she was seeking freedom and liberation from existing partnerships at the time, and the stars were lucky behind her. She was also relying on new partners to help her move forward, and it is guaranteed that others agreed to help her, and they became literally, they were given to her. By the stars.
0: I have like the chills like almost mm-hmm. the entire yeah. time we're talking about this. It's really
2: kind of creepy. As for Tom, at that time, Jupiter had yet again moved into his sector of about privacy secrets and the things coming forward, uh, coming light from behind the scenes. So that's so nuts. Uh, you know, it is sad that their relationship didn't work, but no matter what, they were brought together for a reason in this lifetime, and I hope that they both learned and evolved from it and are now happier, more productive, and better people because.
0: Um, hear that Scientology, It's we're not dashing you. <laughs> no,
2: certainly not. No, and, I, and I, the thing is, it's like, you know, certainly, yes, you could look into things about, like, astrology for Scientology, but, you know, when it comes down to this, it was there was two people that were serving a purpose in each other's lives. Whether or not that was true love doesn't matter. They were compatible in certain ways, and that's why it worked and lasted for a certain amount of time. There's no judgment about, you know, what, you know... <laughs> no, but there isn't, you know, like, I'm looking at this just where the planets were moving. Yeah. Well, you, you know, know, what I so. think is,
0: I, I, I don't want to dig into this, because just like short story is, I was, um when I was doing Cassandra Comedy a few years ago, my mentor uh was, I didn't realize, she was a, she was a great female uh, comic, but she was a Scientologist, and so I would start to go to, I performed at the Celebrity Center once on that Ooh. stage, That's and... Yeah, it was, I made an alien joke, it didn't go over well. Um, Yeah, it was was bad, but I was on a tour, like, I had to, like, get out of there, I was on their mailing list forever, it was really weird, but the, you know, astrology in Scientology, I'm I'm interested to kind of know what parts that play, because they do really pay attention to the planets, and they believe in aliens, and and things like that, so, um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of had, like, an on-site astrologer telling them when and what to
2: do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, I always go back to this, too, but, you know, astrology timing. You know, when if you know there's a doorway for love, you can find it. If you know that there's a doorway for money, you can make more money. If you, you know, I mean, that's why, you know, ancient, you know, emperors and, you know, kings and queens mm-hmm. would consult with astrologers because if you're going to go to war with someone when the planets are not favoring it, you're not going to win. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I'd love to hear what you guys think on that story because it's very fascinating. But I mean, what do you think?
2: Yeah. Sure. I honestly
6: the whole time I was hoping you'd do Nicole Kidman next.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean we've actually we have talked about her before and Keith Urban and um they have a really nice relationship mm-hmm. I think. But yeah, there's stuff going on back there that again, like one day, you know, I just want all the answers to what really happened.
6: Nicole and Tom, since they broke up, have done so well. It's 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 like a... They just rub some magic off on each other. Yeah. Especially Nicole, my God. They love her. Third act she's having right now. And she'll probably have like seven. Oh,
0: it's terrific. Yeah. Um. I love Nicole Kidman. Me too. Me too. And I'm I'm glad that she found her prince.
2: I mean, I honestly, there's a few. You know, I don't know. Of Hollywood royalty, I swear to God, if I met her, she would make me. Oh yeah. Stunned. I would get. Totally She's very
0: up. stoic. I think I've met her before when I was um, a receptionist right out of college. Who else would
2: make you just totally like blown away to me? Oh, if I
6: oh, that's a hard question. Maybe Sybil Shepherd. Oh wow, that's
0: <laughs> random. That might be
6: a that might be a dive, but uh, I, well, I, I worship her.
0: <laughs> Speaking of you, Jordan, we oh, of course um, have to get and we want to. We're excited to yes. get into your chart because you are a fascinating oh. man. I can, mm-hmm. I can I can You're tell. Ready?
2: Full of mysteries. You, you seriously
0: full of mysteries. Let's unlock
2: them, Cloud. i I'm, I'm gonna do you uh, right now. I'm okay, ready. come
0: on. Yeah. All right.
2: Get ready. Jesus okay. Christ. Okay. Jordan, <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, Jordan is an Aries Sun Gemini rising with a Capricorn Moon. This means that for the rest of your life, you must read Aries and Gemini because they will cross over and blend together thematically for you. Okay. No wonder you're a writer with that Gemini rising, because Gemini energy is highly significant when it comes to communication, writing, and speaking. Yeah. Okay, the first thing I want to note for you is that since June 2018, you have uh, been having destined eclipses in your home and family sector, as well as starting uh, this, this year, eclipses in your career and achievements. When these moments happen, they signal major transformations in our lives and push you forward rapidly. The career eclipses took focus around January 5th, July 16th, and again will happen on December 25th of this year. You'll have another very powerful eclipse in July 2020, which will bring a full culmination to this two-year cycle and probably from several years of work that have been building to this. Does, it, does that make sense so far?
6: I mean, things have certainly been heating up professionally. Like That, that yes. is for sure. I wish
2: I could write down those dates real quick and I mean, come to my calendar.
6: Thank you. Yes, yes.
2: Uh, yeah, you'll get all of this. Uh, another exciting thing to note is the movement of Jupiter, the planet of miracles and luck for you. When it visits a different area of our chart, we tend to see doors open to us significantly that we did not know were they were there. Right now, it is in your natal or birth seventh house of partnership and marriage. It entered here on November 18th, 2018, and will remain here. What really?
0: What was yeah. what was then? <laughs> tell us, tell
2: us. Uh, I, I
6: met someone that I really liked um, when I was traveling abroad, and we've, uh, we've been friends ever since. Was it November? Oh, no, that no, wasn't November. That was in September. It wasn't November. I'll have to look back.
2: Are you but sure? But I, I thought
6: of him right when you said it.
2: Love it. So, okay, so come back then. Keep going. Yeah, so it entered here on November 18, 2018, and will remain here until November 22, 2019. So you usually, a couple when this, months. Yeah, usually when this happens, we find faded partners who are here for the long term. Mm-hmm. This tends to be in business like agents, managers, collaborators or in love, such, such as a significant partner. Sometimes, if we have been in constricting relationships though, this transit can liberate us and give us more freedom from them and we may move on to new directions. If you want to find a significant boom, you should really devote some time until November 22nd look for them. This year? Yeah, and so you really should sort of be aggressive. Use you your and there. And literally, like, go after, like, if you just, you know, go after someone that you've always had hopes for. You know, if you're just like, you know what? He's great. He's fucking hot. I want him. Or he makes me laugh. And, you know, he makes me feel good. I was just about him. to
0: like, be like, Carl, you can't have him. He's Jordan's. How rude.
2: No, no, no. I mean, that <laughs> as an example for him. You I know, know? Like, I know. You know those kinds of things, like, you need to... Um, You've got to go after it.
6: Okay.
0: Is this a guy you met in Toronto when you were filming?
6: No, no. I met someone when I was at Oktoberfest in Ooh, in uh, Germany? In, in Munich, and we mm-hmm. really got along, and we've kept up in, in touch ever since. Reach out? immediately. Really. Yeah. yeah. Would he move here? Uh, he does not live in London. No, York, I said, York, would he move here? That's a dicey question. I don't I don't know. Ask
0: him. Make him move here.
6: I'd never impose on someone like He's that. He's an area. Of Are you, look,
0: you should go back in October for Oktoberfest <laughs> to see him. <laughs>
6: He lives in New York.
0: Oh well, that's, oh, that's easy. Not even
2: that far. Come
6: on, yeah. far. New York and L. A. It's a, it's a, it's a continent apart. Oh, no, good. I know it like, It's really not though. I, I will make be... every excuse possible. I see that. Not to make this happen.
0: But Why?
2: Well, <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> no, for real though. I mean, the thing here that's really important though is that when the doorway shuts, it's not gonna happen again for a while. Okay. And and so here's the thing is that so uh, okay. I'm going to use myself as a little bit like, mm-hmm. as an example. Last year I had a lot of this similar kind of energy that was going on for me. I made some very, very significant mm-hmm. business collaborations, um, or creative collaborations, like actors and me, or you know, different sorts of things like mm-hmm. that that were like, one-on-one. And I kept, so the whole time I was like, where's my husband? Where's my husband? Well, there was this Scorpio that popped in, and I was like, oh my god, maybe he and I are going to be together forever. And uh, but I. Learned... I knew,
0: I knew that that was not true, but you know, yeah, no one know. listens to me. Until it's over. Well, I mean,
2: especially when he leaks his like trashy pornos. porno. Yeah. Um. However, One you thing. The classy one. Yeah.
0: Oh God. Excuse being um, facetious. It wasn't. You know, no, no, no,
2: no. <laughs> um. No, but the one thing, and you're not gonna like that I'm saying this because I don't know if I've ever told you this. On the exact days of alignment when Jupiter was literally finishing up and 180 degrees away. From me showing me who one of my true partners in my entire lifetime is. My ex and I met him again. It was that day, oh, and um, I did and I did not plan it that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
2: so literally, <laughs> what it meant is that it was signaling for me is that he and I are not done. We will reconnect oh. in, in in some time in life, and I don't know if that's now or ten years from now. I don't really care, and maybe you know, maybe i would be happily married like, by then. No, but literally astrologically, I could see it. That's something, no. the, the alignment was completely there. So that's why it showed me that, like, I the kinds of things that I want and need in a partnership, you know, whether or not it's him, now I can bring it into my life.
0: Well, can mm-hmm. you give any insight into why Jordan is, like, so almost kind of, like, opposed Capricorn to moon. finding his person?
2: Capricorn moon. What does fair. that mean? Capricorn moon is, you know, they're, they try to be very practical. They don't really like to be as emotional, they don't like to be left on their guard. Um, vulnerability is a lot, is very difficult for them. And also, you know, you have, you know, Aries Sun and, and Gemini Rising. Those aren't super emotional signs. They're passionate, and they're excitable, and they can be very, you know, creative and uh, adrenaline-filled. But but I, but they don't, they're not one of those signs that are going to be like, I'm going to open my heart and risk even being Not hurt. like
0: Kyle's. Yeah, I'm a
2: Taurus and I'm an Aries rising too, so I've got no, that. No, I, I think everyone's a maniac when I hear them talk about dating or relationships. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's definitely your Capricorn moon. We're all crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on, I can actually look into it. If you're, now you're in my phone. Oh. Yeah, no, I uh, hold on. Let me pull up.
6: It's like <laughs> I gave someone my DNA. They're gonna clone me. And yeah, seriously, build a park. it's
0: like that face app where it makes you old. Now apparently all of our faces are out mm-hmm. there for Russia.
6: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I hope they have. They have my face. We'll <laughs> good with it.
4: Uh, uh, I'm
2: not gonna lie, I made a few. Shirt, what got here? Uh, your Venus is in Pisces.
0: So that means this is a good time for him to find love, right? Yeah. No, not
2: no. no. I mean, your, your penis. Your, oh. your, penis <laughs> your penis. All right. Well, what's going on? Uh. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Let's go back to what I have in here before we go into the the actual planets. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, also speaking of partnership, you have a major focus on this from the other planets for the rest of the year. On September 14th, Venus begins to tre- uh, the trend uh, by, grace- by gracing your partnership sector with beauty and pleasure. You have more likelihood of attracting people interested in long-term connections over the next couple weeks. Throughout the next several months into the beginning of 2020, though, we will see the Sun, Mercury, and Mars join this party in your partnership sectors, too. So you should definitely get your booty out there and shake it wherever you want. Uh-huh. At pool bar, for instance, like you were saying, uh-huh. on those dates. Would I which I align on or I put online. Uh, also, hot sex is a super favorite for you. I was looking at this, uh, or at the very least, you'll be really focusing on your your intimate needs and what you give and receive in your partnerships and what you want. I can really sense so that that's going to be happening in the next couple uh-huh. months. That'll be a big thing. October onward, that is going to be happening. So I encourage you to explore that and hopefully align with someone who really lights your heart on fire. Mm-hmm. And you know, look at me like, oh. <laughs> uh, bitch! It's I don't writing. lie and I'm always right. So oh, no. keep that in mind. All right. Uh, next. That wasn't not, skeptical, so it's not a problem. <laughs> oh no, I'm just. But, but the thing about this kind of energy is very. It's, it also has the opportunity to really connect you in a, a deep emotional sense too. Mm-hmm. So and and that's the area that's highlighted. It's not just passionate like flings. Uh, it would it would not be that. Okay. It would be more. Uh, I can't necessarily say fulfilling because everyone has their own different kinds of sex that they like and different kinds of things. But it's it's more of a, a deeper connection when it comes to that entity. Okay. Next, another major trend for you will be when Jupiter moves into your sector of fame and achievement from December third, two thousand nineteen, until December nineteenth, twenty twenty. You have not seen success like this in twelve years. During that point in time. You will see major progress and recognition, so continue your grind, because truly, as the stars have them, the best is coming in the days, weeks, and months ahead. Oh. Ah, Yay. That's, that's a lot what of, I got on you. A lot of weird career stuff happening,
6: so it's, uh, it's a, those eclipses better come through. Oh, yeah, they always do. Well, Jupiter's
0: do. going
2: in there for years. Usually. Yes, yes.
0: All right, let's do our quick game of Bang, Mary, Kill, Virgo Season. Kyle. Mm-hmm. All
2: right. Niall Moran.
0: How do you say this one? I always forget. Um, Hor, yeah, One Direction. Niall Mm -hmm. Horan. Mm -hmm. Horan, yes. Mm -hmm.
2: Liam Payne. Other One Direction, yeah. And Ryan Philippe. Oh, Philippe, yeah. Okay. Oh, what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always try to go really hard on these ones.
0: <laughs> um,
2: no pun intended.
0: Okay, so I'll go, or would you like to go first? Yeah, we always let her go. I know, yeah. but they need sometimes. Oh,
6: think. that's a tough one because I was about to say, oh, of course, Mary Nile. You know, he needs someone just to <laughs> take care of him. He seems so sensitive, but you put Ryan Phillippe in the in the form in the in the, in the yeah, mix. That's so a, that's a really hard one, but I think I want I, w- I want to take care of Nile emotionally. I will bang Orion until I bang no more, <laughs> and then I'll kill uh, who's left
4: um,
0: uh
6: liam Liam, sorry Liam, you're gone, uh
0: okay, so I will also bang ryan till till the cows come home is that the thing. I don't even know <laughs> is that um, one? I don't know, like cruel intentions, guys come on um and I, I always get Nile and Liam confused. Which one's the brunette? Which one's the blonde? This one
4: is uh this is Liam.
0: The brunette is Liam. And then
6: this Nile's got the, the the blonde hair, the dreamy blue
2: eyes.
0: Oh okay yeah I, I might kill him. Um I think I'm gonna kill him and I'm gonna marry
2: Liam. <sighs> Alright what am I gonna do? I am going to I'm gonna marry Ryan. I don't Felipe know I want to do that. Because the thing about it is that like these other guys are like in their what twenties? Oh, no thank you. I just know. I mean, he's twenty six. I went on a date with a guy like that's in twenty it was twenty six last week and I was like, No, next 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 <laughs> I just can't. I need guys that are gonna be thirty plus. That's or I could do twenty nine I suppose, but mm, I don't but you know what I mean? It's like these bitches don't even Totally. Okay. Like, who, no. who are you gonna kill? So I'm gonna I'm gonna kill Niall and I'm gonna bang Liam a bunch because I do like my like Latinish voice. Okay. Or scrappy voice
0: awesome well, thank you so much for joining us oh, Jordan. I thank hope you, you, you had a good me. time. I'll never know um, <laughs> <laughs> uh where can where can everyone like follow you and hopefully follow your very um exciting you can, and, like uh, career follow
6: me on Instagram and twitter at jnardino. ardino um and uh and That's it. just
0: just watch reruns of season four of Desperate Housewives.
6: Oh, yes. Yes, I'm <laughs> all over it.
0: <laughs> and uh, you guys can find me, Sam Davidson, at SamD43 on Twitter and Instagram. And um, I work for a company called MEA Worldwide. You can find them online and, like, look at all of my interviews if you guys want and leave some fun comments. And please leave comments on um, our podcast so we can uh, potentially give you a reading soon.
2: Yep. And I am Kyle Thomas, pop culture astrologer. You can follow me on Instagram at M-R-K-Y-L-E-T-H-O-M-A-S. And I am Kyle Thomas on Facebook. Also, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors with the Left of Straight Network. We love you. They are fantastic. As well as Horoscopes and Horoscopes Daily on Instagram. And finally, Zodiac Supply Co. Yes, awesome.
0: They have
2: great uh, fashion. I've been loving them. My astrology shirts are adorable. People keep complimenting me. And I'm like, Oh, really? I mean, yes. I just love it.
0: All right, guys. Thank you, and we will see you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Astro Kiki Radio on the Left of Straight Radio Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Astro Kiki Radio, and you can also check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure to join us next week, and don't forget, we are the only E! News of Astrology.